The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletico Physical Therapy and CDW. And the fun continues with Super Bowl week. Couple of couple of weeks away here as we wrap up the week before getting settled. Going to be weird seeing teams not really partaking in the whole festivities. Coming in on Saturday, one team having to fly. Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak with you on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. But we got the Senior Bowl already looking ahead to the draft prospects. I know uh, I'm starting to do my research. I call my good buddy up, Tom Thayer, and say, "Hey, you got to hear about this guy. You got to hear about that guy." And uh, I'll be anxious to go back on NFL Network later today and see some of the practice tapes. So, how you doing tonight? Good. You know, you started the segment by saying it's a fun of the Super Bowl week. And the only fun for me this week is reminiscing about the 35-year anniversary of the 85 team. But there's always that lingering envy, that lingering – it's not jealousy because I envy the position these guys have worked themselves into ha- having this opportunity. Whether you're in it for the second time around in Kansas City or you're in it for the tenth time around like Tom Brady, there's always that remembrance of what a great time it is. And like you, you were right, you addressed it, the fun of the Super Bowl because that's what it is. There's a lot of hard work. But there's a lot of fun opportunities, a lot of fun introductions and meetings that you have to you get to have in those couple weeks. But um, and again, like you said, unlike any other Super Bowl preparedness, this is different. You know? Yeah, very usually, different. For my first one in 25 years, I won't be at. No, I was thinking about that. I was talking to some people about that because they said, oh, I bet you Jeff Joniak's really excited because he gets to go to the Super Bowl every year. And I go, yeah, he is excited when he gets to go, but this is kind of a different monster here just because of they don't have the mass media, radio role, and all those other things going on there. Yeah, it'll all be done virtually this time around, but uh, we'll, we'll get you all the information you need. We'll break it down. Uh, maybe not so much this week's show, but next week as we preview the matchup between Tampa Bay and the Kansas City Chiefs trying to repeat as champions. Coming up, we'll be talking to our good buddy, Jim Miller, the former Chicago Bears quarterback from Sirius XM NFL Radio. He'll be coming up here shortly for a few segments tonight, and we're uh, expected to hear from Charles Peanut Tillman tonight as the NFL did a very nice thing, including all 32 teams, and they're sending some vaccinated health care workers to the Super Bowl in Tampa. That'll be fun for them. They'll be among the 22,000 that will be allowed in that stadium, Tommy. Right, and you know that's another thing that's different because I think when that, when you're an active player and you go to the Super Bowl, I think when we went, I think everybody got maybe 20 tickets, and so you had 20 tickets to distribute, distribute amongst family members. And I gotta assume the number is going to be similar for the players this year to get their family and their support systems involved. But when you talk about the presentation to the healthcare workers that have put in so many dangerous hours over this past year. I wish all 20,000 was healthcare workers from around the country and the guys that have sacrificed so much and the, you know, seven days a week hours that some of these support uh, healthcare workers have put in. So, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of the players. I'm happy for the players. But I'm also glad that there is a reflection of the appreciation from the country to the people that put a lot on the line over the year. Well, with you and Miller and uh, Peanut, three Super Bowl participants, two of you were winners, including Jim. 
and Super Bowl XXXIX and a World Bowl. I remember the World Bowl. The World Bowl champion in 1995. We'll talk to Jim about that coming up as well. Senior Bowl week, though, really getting a lot of attention, as is uh, the coaches that are being added to the Bears' defensive staff. Uh, The acknowledgement today that Chris Rumpf leaving the Houston Texans for the Bears. He was linebacker's coach there, Tommy. He'll be defensive line coach here. But the bulk of his experience is in college. And you you coach at the following universities from Tennessee, where he's co-defensive coordinator and outside linebacker's coach, and then a D-line coach at Florida, at Texas, at Alabama, at Clemson. You pretty much coached NFL players because a bulk of those guys are in the National Football League or have been over the course of his 18 years. Right. I mean, he's earned this opportunity because he's coached every element of the defensive side of the ball, from defensive line to linebackers to defensive backs. He was a high school head coach back in the early portions of his career. And he's a guy, when you have, you know, 18 years in the college ranks, I mean, you're paying your dues. You're doing exactly what's asked of you when you want to put your name in the hat to be evaluated for a coach at the professional level. And I'm glad that the Bears have gone out there and researched and brought in a player that has big experience around big players, but he also has big experience himself. So I'm, I'm glad to see that for Sean Desai to get his staff started, that they bring in a defensive line coach that you know has experience with all three courses of defensive play. And a player himself at South Carolina back in his college days. Uh, also uh, reports out there that Bill McGovern, who uh, worked on the Eagles and Giants staffs and was a defensive coordinator at Boston College when Sean Desai was the special teams coordinator, also... Uh, reportedly headed to the Bears as inside linebackers coach. He spent last season as a defensive analyst at Nebraska. Not official from the team just yet, but things to keep an eye on. But coming up next, we'll be joined by Jim Miller, the Bears' former starting quarterback in that 2001 playoff season and a host on SiriusXM NFL Radio. That's all coming up next on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. With Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak, joined by our good pal, Jim Miller, the starting quarterback for your 2001 playoff team. Your Chicago Bears, unfortunately, could not finish that game. Got banged up a little bit. I was looking for the upset, Big Jim. I was ready to Was that Hugh Douglas? Yeah, oh, good Lord. He's 30 grand lighter in the pocket, but I give anything to <laughs> play that game, you know, keep on going. Yeah, Final thought, game at Old Soldier Field. Thought we had that one in the bag. Felt very good about going into that game. Yeah, break down that play for us. What happened? Well, it was, uh, we called, uh, it was a two, play called 208, uh, where I roll out to, to the right, and it's a curl flat concept. So you got Marty and, and Des White out there in a, in a two receiver to that side. Marty was on the inside. He ran the quick flat. Des was the outside receiver. He's scheduled to run a curl, but the the Philadelphia corner sat on the curl route. So Des did the right thing. He threw up his hand and started to run to the back of the end zone because we had already driven down the field. We were in the red zone. We were ready to score on this particular play. And I underthrew that ball. I hesitated. I should have thrown it to the back corner of the end zone. I think we would have had a touchdown on the play. I underthrew it because, you know, something like that is just reaction. It, it hadn't happened all year. But Des did the right thing, and I just reacted too slow to it, underthrew the football, 
and then of course it gets uh, intercepted, and and I'm running to the sideline to make the tackle, and Hugh picked me up and body slammed me, and six surgeries later, my shoulder finally got right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It's amazing the detail he remembers, Tommy. Yeah, you know, Jim, but getting back to that, and let's update it, because I was reading this article about Devontae Adams talking about how he and Aaron Rodgers have a telepathic relationship. Tell me a little bit about the relationship, with your relationship from with receivers in the course of your career, that you, there's no time for verbal communication, so it's eye contact, it's a hand motion, it's yep. some type of movement that you can tell that player, look, this is what I'm expecting for you, now let's work it out. Yeah, and that, yeah. you know, just on that play for, for Dez, because the, the inside technique of the corner, it was just going to be, it would have been too difficult for Dez to, to try and cross the DB's face and try and come down his stem on the curl route. So we have a code, a rule in, in football. Hey, if, if it's uh, if they're giving you the go route, raise your hand. That'll be the signal for the for the quarterback. And it again that that situation hadn't come up all year. We'd run that play numerous times. That play is pretty much in the game plan every single week, and that never happened where a team had played it defensively uh, like that. And you know, so you. It kind of takes you by surprise, and I reacted a little too late, uh, unfortunately. And bottom line is, when I throw the football, just deliver it to the back pylon of the end zone. But Des gave me the uh, the signal, hey, man, I'm taking it, Jim. Throw it out here is basically what he's telling you, is telling the quarterback what to do, myself, and I didn't put enough on it to throw it to the to the back of the end zone. And, and it's still, you know, you remember things like that. You know, I, I, you know I, I'm one of those guys that uh, – I don't know how you were, Tom, but when I at the end of a game, all I think about are the bad plays. How do I correct this? How do I? And they just they eat at you. You know, you're like, hey, man, I'm better than that. I can't believe I because I know I can make that throw in in my sleep. You know what what where that ball needed to be uh, on that particular play, and you, you just you don't forget things like that. Do you really Do like you it. each have one moment in your career you want back? Just one. You know, we were, we were playing the Cleveland Browns opening week of this one season. And early in the game, I gave up a sack to Sam Clancy. And I said to myself right there, I go, oh, my God, I'm on pace to give up 16 sacks this year. You always I, tell that And story. I, I still remember it because it's, <laughs> it's still haunting. Because the first game of the season, early in the game, you give up a sack. Well, you know, he's more athletic than you, Tom. Form, former he, basketball he, player out of pit. He was longer. That was it. I, you know. But but again, it's one of those plays that you know you're reminded of every time you see it happen on the field today. Um, for me, it would be back in college. We were huh. playing Penn State, and we were up thirty-seven to ten. And it was the uh, second half of that game. All these things went wrong. I uh, remember Bobby Ingram. Bobby Ingram was on that Penn State team, and uh, Kerry Collins was the quarterback. We had a play. We're up, like I said, thirty-seven to ten. And late in the game, there was a, a a play, a curl route, almost a similar situation. And I threw the ball maybe two, maybe about a foot too high. And it goes. It was a wet day because it was late in Dece- uh, It was late in November, and the ball went through the receiver's hands. And I'm thinking, how did I not put that on that receiver's chest? And I just remember that play. And all of a sudden, the momentum changed. They threw a bomb. And then they, our punter, we went out and we had a three and out, and our punter's knee hit the ground, so they called him down when he was trying to punt. They were now in a red zone. They score another touchdown. Kerry Collins and Bobby Ingram uh, throw another touchdown. They end up winning the game 38-37. to 37. And oh, to the day, I'm thinking, if, if you put that ball on that player's chest, 
were walking out. And we would have went to – I think that was the year we would have went to the Rose Bowl if we win that game, I think is what it was. Oh, it was so annoying. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that bothers that, me. That'll leave a mark. That'll leave a mark, my friend. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the news of the day. Uh, really, and it's going to be this way the entire offseason. I know I did something for uh, – with Bob Sochi, the voice of the Patriots today on his podcast, just talking about the quarterback carousel and everything you're reading and hearing is, you know, people are making all these projections about the chess match and or, or checkers. Whatever game you want to play, you know, there could be 15 or 18 different moves that all start really with one of the dominoes falling. And it's, it's I guess, a dealer's choice on which one of those dominoes will fall first and where it all lands. But Jim, how do you classify or characterize or put an adjective on what this quarterback carousel in 2021 is going to be like? Yeah, there's going to be a ton of movement. Uh, you know, you already know Stafford wants out of Detroit. Deshaun Watson, that's out today. He wants out of uh, Houston. And, you know, for those players, you're going to have to have a lot of compensation. And you're taking on those contracts, which are big, in a season where the salary cap is going down. Um, the Deshaun Watson deal is going to get crazy. I, I I can see why the Jets should be interested. The Jets have the number two pick. We know that uh, Trevor Lawrence probably will be number one by Jacksonville. I just you know we can't we can I don't want to say we can predict these things. I mean this is how it's looking right now. Educated guesses. Yeah, educated guesses. And but because you would think the Jets have the draft compensation to give Houston. You know, that that's literally going to be three number one picks for Deshaun Watson. And I think it's probably going to be a couple more. It may be three ones and two twos uh, for, for well, him. And that's all well and good, Tom. But Deshaun Watson has a no trade clause, so he could turn down something he doesn't want. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm interested. So is, is Cam Newton a forgotten about entity in this whole quarterback deal? Because he doesn't have a big salary that's attached to him. He could go out there and find a team that he believes that his talent is a good fit for the supporting cast around him. And I know the biggest names. Matthew Stafford, look, I, I admire the guy. He's got all kinds of arm talent. He's super intelligent. He's dedicated to the game. He was rarely supported in, in Detroit. But he misses games, and he's got health issues. And so... Um, you know, I, I don't I don't know what they're expecting to, to get out of to Matthew Stafford. So, um, and Deshaun Watson, I would do everything in my power if I was the Texans not to let him go anywhere, and yeah, I would try amazing. to keep him in the mix. That what a disaster going on in Houston right now. You bring up, hey, there's going to be other quarterbacks available. I mean, what's going to happen with Dak Prescott? They can't get a long term deal. I can't believe Dallas can franchise tag him again uh, with the cap. That would be forty million dollars alone. You hear Ben Roethlisberger, he. They can't. He can't return to Pittsburgh. He's scheduled to make a forty million dollar hit against the the cap to Pittsburgh. Well, he said today he he will make he he will give up whatever it takes. Well, I think that sounds good. Hey Ben, will you play for league minimum? <laughs> <laughs> do you think he's going to start do that? there? <laughs> I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it certainly sounded like he'd like one more crack at it in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he probably will. That that'll probably stay there and. You know, you look at their their GM, Kevin Colbert, he's kind of tied to Big Ben. He's just been signing year-to-year deals, so you would likely think that Ben would return there and they'll work it out. All right, we'll pick up that conversation after a break with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller. I'm Jeff Joniak, and this is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio back with you on Bears All Access. And the Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon 
Anthony Adams and Lauren Screeden cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago. Or watch anytime at ChicagoBears.com or on the Bears official app. Peanut Tillman at the bottom of the hour to join us as well. Jim, Senior Bowl going on in Mobile. Uh, I know you're watching it. Um, what's sticking out? What's the big story right now? Because obviously it is going to be quarterbacks again, at least the senior quarterbacks. And the kid from Alabama might have sprained his ankle today, so may not play in the game, which to me the practice is more important than the game as it is every year. But what what's the overreaching big story right now from the Senior Bowl? Tom, Tom will appreciate this, what I'm about to say, because here you've got the big – Offensive lineman down here like Alex Leatherwood of uh, University of Alabama. He's got his teammates Dickinson, Dickerson, excuse me, Landon. He's got the torn ACL. He can't participate, but he is here. I mean, these are terrific offensive linemen that are down here. But it's the small school guys mm-hmm. that are really showing up. There's a kid from Wisconsin Whitewater, Quinn <laughs> Minerts. This guy played left guard. He the, the, uh, He opted out here in 2020, didn't play, so he hasn't played for a year. Goes down there. They ask him to play center. He gets a text a day before he arrives. Says, hey, we had some centers canceled. Can you move to center? He's never played center. Says, yeah, I'll do it. He breaks his hand today, finishes the practice. He's going to play in the game. He's been probably one of the best offensive linemen down here. Also, you look at Spencer Brown, North Dakota State. He's been terrific with with how he's uh, played. I mean, it's really the small school offensive linemen uh, that have really shown up. Uh, Dylan Randunce. Here's a here's a young player uh, that uh, to me he looks like the best left tackle, you know, and and he's looked uh, terrific uh, down here in in Mobile. So it, it's been a you know I think the O linemen have been great, but I'm telling you that Minerts he pancaked three guys, drive blocked him, Tom, ten yards down the field. Good players. These are the top players in the country. Three times it happened in the first practice. Hey Tom, t- tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him what we talked about for about a half hour yesterday. Quinn Miners. Right. It just I we are, so I Jeff has sent me some of the highlights from the practices and so you do get a chance to watch him and I first there was a still shot I saw of him and it wasn't real appealing. It was a big <laughs> gut sticking out of this half jersey that That's his nickname, you know, Gut. That's his nickname. What? He told me today I interviewed him. His nickname was Gut in high school, it was Gut in college and it's Gut down in Mobile. <laughs> you know when when you look at these smaller schools, you know, I don't I don't think I think talent can grow anywhere because Jim during our or probably maybe at the beginning of your era at the end of my era there was a guy named Tom Newberry. He was from one of these University of Wisconsin, he was Lacrosse or Whitewater or something, but he became a Pro Bowl offensive guard with with the Los Angeles Rams back then. And so when you get these guys and they happen to have a growth spurt during college or they went to a program in high school that didn't attract very many recruiters and then they end up going through a successful healthy college program and then getting invited to these bowl games and then it only takes them a matter of a couple of snaps of practice to realize they belong and they can go out there and they can be as equally as competitive of of those guys from Clemson, Alabama, Notre Dame, wherever wherever you want to, you know, big school you want to say they're from. So I I get 
I get excited to watch some of these small college kids, not yeah, well, the lesser known college kids that come in here um, and have an unbelievable week. Was it? Is it Hassan Riddick? Is he the linebacker from Temple? Yep. Yeah. A, a couple years ago at the Senior Bowl practices, watching him and him just fly around the field and really finally starting to come into his own at the NFL level. But you know, you sometimes these guys. They get on the center of the radar, and they never lose it once they start playing against some of that better talent. Well, Jim, that happened with Ali Marpet and Ben Barch last year. Uh, these yep. are Division three programs, and and the and the wrinkle this year is a guy like Miners. He didn't play last season. There was no season. Uh, so these small schools, the NAIA's, the Division two, the threes, the FCS programs, heck, they're just going to get started here in March. That schedule's coming out uh, for all these uh, small school conferences, but. This is his chance. Like this is yeah. the chance with no um, traditional combine. This week is critical, and I know I read this, but I also agree with this, Jim, and, and maybe you could echo it. Barring injury of some significance or some off-field issue, I would say all these guys at the Senior Bowl are going to get picked this year. Yeah, because you're, you're going to know more about them than anybody else. Yeah, they are a known commodity. There, there is no doubt. The importance of this game is like none other. Uh, right now, it's at an all-time high, and Jim Nagy, the executive director, has done a great job, uh, you know, adjusting these rosters, even allowing players that opted out during the year uh, to play down there. There's a couple Michigan players, Nico Collins, who I think is impressed at the wide receiver position. He's on the national squad. He's about six foot four, two hundred and twelve pounds. I think the the corner, the nickel slot corner, Ambry Thomas, he has been outstanding uh, down there. He also has opted out, so not only for these guys not to play. Uh, for as long as they have, just how they're performing, and Minerts is one of them. There's a a couple others uh, as well. Um, there's a there's a this is probably the most talented roster I've seen since we covered the receiver uh, uh, the Senior Bowl at the receiver position alone. You know, when you look at uh, Kadarius Tony, uh, nobody can cover this guy. I mean, Tony has been outstanding uh, from Florida. So I, I think uh, Rogers as well from from Clemson. Nobody's been able to to cover him as well. I interviewed him today. He's a he's a pleasant young man. Well, one just for Nagy to to pull this off. I mean, these players have been tested every day. They've kept, kind of kept a bubble down there, and they were worried about a breakout. The last guy he invited to the to the Senior Bowl tested positive. He was the last player off the plane. Huh. And they were able to to shelve that player, and they had to have a backup player uh, there. But really, 135 out of 135, they were able to pull it off uh, down there, which is simply amazing. It really is. To me, I think you're going to tell more about the scouting departments of NFL teams this year, unlike any other year, because these college scouts haven't been traveling around to some of these smaller schools or even some big ones from guys have opted out and sitting there have eyewitness account of practice habits during the college season or how do you perform in maybe a game that doesn't have the profile on it um, during the course of a conference uh, a conference year. So, you know, you're going to learn a lot about scouts and how – they perform and how they evaluate and what is their determinate determinating levels of if these guys can really play or not yeah they got to rely on the tape and you're not going to have face-to-face conversation you know Either, yeah you know it's just it's going to be zoom and you get to know somebody that way but you will be missing the, the the face-to-face unless things change obviously getting them on a board and finding out maybe what what's inside of them that you you may not otherwise find out until they actually put pads on and he's already a member of your team. We'll pick up the conversation in a minute, but first, a break, and then Charles Peanut Tillman, the outstanding Bears cornerback, 
will join us. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio. Moving the chains with Pat Kerwin. Coming up momentarily, Charles Pina Tillman. Hey, you know, oh, he is ready to go. Okay, very good. Charles, it's, uh, it's always a rare treat to have you on, talking a little football, talking about what's going on in your life. So welcome in with Tom and Jim. How you doing, my friend? I am doing awesome. How you guys doing? Doing fantastic. Doing the best we can, that's for sure. And you made a lot of people happy uh, recently here, Charles, because I think it's a fantastic initiative and one that's quite important by the National Football League and sending frontline hospital workers and healthcare workers to the Super Bowl in Tampa. And you were a part of that from a Bears angle. Tell us about it with Advocate Healthcare and what how that all went down. Well, essentially, I just, I don't know, I, I feel like I had the easy part. I just had to let people know they were on Super Bowl. I think the healthcare officials, the healthcare workers that I notified, I think they had the hard job. Um, basically, they have been working nonstop. They've been working eight days a week and 25 hours a day um, through this whole pandemic, just, you know, catering to people, giving tests and um, taking care of the people that have been affected by COVID. Um, I think the NFL really wanted to do something nice for the healthcare community and what better way than to reward them with an all expense trip paid to Super Bowl. And I was just happy that I could be the bearer of good news, considering it's been such a crazy year. Recognized by everybody. So this person, before they were notified that they were getting this opportunity, did they know it before Charles Tillman presented himself, or was it a surprise after this person had a chance to uh, to meet you and, and, and see you? Honestly, I didn't even introduce myself. I was just – so I think one of their – it was an hospital, a hospital representative would say, hey, you know, thank you so much for all you've done. But some guests, we have a special guest that wants to tell you something. And then I would come on and then obviously I would break the news in a good way. But I never say, hey, I'm Charles Simmons with the Chicago Bears. I just was like, hey, guess what? You're going to Super Bowl. And I mean, I would say everything else, but I never introduced myself. And then I think. Someone from the Bears is like, you might want to introduce yourself because they think you're just a regular stranger. I think, you know, when you, when you retire, you get old, and then people don't know what you did. So I was just like, ah, I'm that old retired guy. I'm going to just give you the good news and not really introduce myself. <laughs> well, Charles, good to talk to you, Jim Miller, here. But once you, well, once you started to tell them who you were, Charles, how did they react then? This uh, I'd like to hear. So, uh, how interesting that got. So forgive me, I don't know the first young lady's name. Um, she's sitting down, she was one of the first, was it a black lady, I think she had glasses on, she's a nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. And she, when I told her, she said, wow, wow, <laughs> wow. Are you serious? <laughs> wow, wow. And then she actually apologized for not having any other words in her vocabulary <laughs> other than wow. And I said, hey, no, you can... You've been working your butt off. You can say whatever you want. Just don't curse because it's, you know, obviously it's, this is being recorded. So, uh, yeah, do you, boo? Do you. Just, you know, but she was extremely 
excited about uh, going to Super Bowl. And I believe there was one other gentleman. I, I had to tell him, I was like, look, this is not like any other trip. Like, you, this is this is not like you're going to be sitting up in the nosebleeds. Like, you're going to get a, a nice ticket, a nice experience, alcohol, drinks, apple juice, whatever. <laughs> it's all paid for by the NFL. And they got a pretty big budget. They got deep pockets and short hands. Okay, so <laughs> eat up, drink up, drink all the apple juice you want. Have a great time because you have truly, truly, truly earned it. And not just the Chicago uh, healthcare representatives, but I guess all the other 31 teams, they that have, you know, I don't know the criteria of how they chose those people, but shout out to all those people just in the healthcare field in general. And for those who haven't or will not get the ability to go, just know that I appreciate you. And there are a lot of other people out there that do appreciate all that you all have been doing this past year. Yep, and then when it's time, get the vaccine. Do it. That's the NFL's message. You, you in particular, you, you and your your lovely misses and your family have a unique appreciation uh, given what you experience when your three month old daughter Tiana, who's uh, a big girl now, right? <laughs> Uh, you know, back in the day, diagnosed with cardiomyopathy, and that was a very stressful period in your lives. But uh, the work that was done, I think you always have appreciated that at a level that uh, most of us can't even envision. Yeah, you know, the the one thing that I, I will tell you is uh, I love doctors, and doctors are amazing, and they, they get all the credit for everything. But a special shout-out to all the nurses out there, all the RNs and nurses assistants and, and, and all those people who actually sit with the, the patients for, on a 12-hour shift for three days a week, nonstop. I'm going to give a special shout-out to to all those uh, nurses out there that do that. I, I, I truly think they get left out, and everybody wants to thank the doctor, but I, I, I really think the, the nurses are what's up. They, they, they do some good stuff, and I don't think they get enough recognition and don't get paid nearly enough. Came on, you said these guys are working eight days a week, 25 hours a day, and that's that's the truth of the matter is how many hours they're putting in. But did you get a chance to hear any of their personal stories of why they're even being considered by the NFL for these tickets or what are some of the, you know, what are beyond the human approach that some of these guys had to do in order to, um, you know, be in the same room with you and being presented this opportunity? Yeah, so I spoke to um... – a, I think one of the one of the gentlemen that I spoke to was a custodial engineer, and the healthcare representative said this gentleman is picked because his attitude is so bright and so positive all the time. Like he just he might have a bad day, but you don't realize it. He brings so much joy and energy and positivity to his job every single day and it's it's contagious and that's the kind of contagious you want especially in a time like this so that was why they rewarded that gentleman and then i believe there were two doctors they were a married couple and they had treated i don't know at least over a thousand people Hmm. that they had taken care of these two doctors and I, i i think that alone speaks volumes and just how special these two doctors were. And I simply said, man, y'all got hundreds of thousands of dollars with that, but yet you take care of 
over a thousand people who were diagnosed with COVID in your hospital. Like, oh my God, you guys are working nonstop. So I believe that was why these two uh, doctors, um, I believe that's why they were chosen as well. well and could- I'm sure if the Bears wanted to, or if the the healthcare uh, representatives, they could have probably nominated the entire hospital. And I'm sure they are all worthy of going. I don't know how they chose these individuals, but I'm I'm glad I didn't have to choose because I'm sure there are a ton of people that were more than worthy of going. Well, it couldn't be uh, presented uh, better by you because you're the Walter Payton Man of the Year, and you display that uh, as well. Let me let me ask you this: Are you going to the Super Bowl? And let me ask you about the game in general. Is two great quarterbacks are, are going to be lining up? I'd like to get your thoughts on both, uh, Charles. Yeah. So I I'm, I personally will not be going to the Super Bowl, but I will be watching, and I'm I'm very. I don't know. I'm, I'm very, for one, I'm a Bruce Aarons fan. I'm a, one, I'm his fan because I love how diverse his coaching staff is. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that he goes outside the box and he hires people of color at all major coordinator, coordinator positions. I love the fact that he's done that. He's giving these, these men a chance to showcase their talent. Um, but I also like, too, uh, what uh, Eric Bieniemy has, has continued to do with Patrick Mahomes, you know, um, these are crafty men who know the game and they coach well and you see the product of what they've been able to do with Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. Uh, what else can we say about Tom Brady? I, is it, can we just say he's the goat of all time? <laughs> and, yeah. Can we just say that? I, think I don't, I don't, can. I don't think, I don't, I don't think there's not another quarterback out in ever. He is, he is the greatest of all times. Clearly, he is the greatest of all times. End of discussion. No rebuttal. No, no debate. No argument. He is the greatest of all time. Until somebody beats what he has done, shut up. I'm excited <laughs> to see what he can do, though. I'm really excited to see what he can do, and I think his experience has really taken effect when he came over to Tampa. You know, his culture and how he practices and how he plays and just his overall work ethic and his wisdom and just experience, that I think that has really helped this uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Now, on the flip side, you look at Kansas City. I think they're a younger team. They have way more weapons, but I, I, I think their their weapons with Tariq and Kelsey and and uh, uh, Le'Veon, and, and I, I think their weapons have helped them. I think Tom's Brady, Tom Brady's experience has helped Tampa Bay, and then Kansas City's weapons, uh, fast pace. I, I, I think uh, the uh, high-powered offense, I think that's what helped them get to the Super Bowl as well. And obviously they have two good defenses. Charles Peanut Tillman, our guest for a couple of more moments here. You know, you only played Tom Brady once. And you swiped him twice. Yes, sir. Well, I, so I played him in ten, uh, when I went to Carolina. I got oh, that doesn't count. I'm only talking about Bears, buddy. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, I'm kidding. Sorry. Tell your story. But I, I counted, though. I, I mean, I, I I know it's preseason, and it doesn't count. But I, I picked him off three times. I have three time Brady football <laughs> hanging up in my uh, my mad cave. So do, do you I'm really? Because that game was 06. I, I, I off three times. So it makes me – 
I got to, you know, I can, you know, I can, you know, pat my, beat my chest up just a little bit, just a little bit. Oh, yeah. Charles, I, I have a question for you about Jalen Johnson. When you look at yourself going back to your rookie year and you had the full off season, you had the lengthy preseason, you had all the games and everything, and then you inserted in the lineup. You think of what he was able to accomplish under the circumstances of this past off season. Would would you have made the transition as smoothly as you did, or without all the preseason activity that you were able to take part of? Would it have would it have been different for you early in the season? Uh, I'll always bet on me to succeed. I think I could have made the transition. I think I could have made a smooth transition. Um, I like the way Jalen's played. I like what he's been able to do. If I could only, if I could critique him on one thing, it would be tackling. And when the quarterback is outside the tackle box, you don't have to cover your guy. Just push him. Just push him. You can get, you can jam him again. That's my biggest complaint about all DBs throughout the NFL, especially Patrick Mahomes. I think that's like one of the biggest keys. He is a scrambling quarterback. And when he scrambles and he gets outside the tackle box, you can hit the you-know-what out of Travis Kelsey, out of Tariq. Uh, you, can, you, can, you can re-engage with the receiver. And I would love it if Tampa Bay would do that, or vice versa, if the Kansas City – I'm sorry, Kansas City Chiefs would do that to Tampa Bay's receivers, to like Mike Evans or someone like that. Like I, I wish they would do that. That that to me, that's just when you when you do that, you're taking your game to another level. You know, it, it, it's called work smarter, not harder. Oh, Mahomes is scrambling. I am not finna run with this speed demon. Okay, I'm gonna just hit Tariq. I'm gonna hit him one time, and he gonna fall down. And then Patrick Mahomes is gonna have to look for somebody else. Oh, Travis. Oh, he on the ground too. Like that's my that's what I would teach my DBs. Now, obviously, they got to cover, but you can you can like it's a you can eliminate the play if you just do that one thing. To me, that's the easy. It's it's so simple. Almost broke my damn remote control when I see DBs not doing that. It's, it's so frustrating. It's hey, so I'm just. Hey, we got to go. And uh, thanks to Jim Miller, we'll talk to you next week, Big Jim and and Peanut. Uh, it, it, it warms my heart that you're actually watching football because you always told me when. You grew up and played. You didn't watch football. So I, I, I'm loving I that you're I watching like to, the game. I just, I just like to play. But now that I'm out of it, oh, my God, I miss it so much. I watch it all the time. I'm obsessed with it. I still don't do fantasy football, though. Let's, I, I can't do that. I can't get down with that. Appreciate it. But, hey, Lovey's coming back. Houston Texans, defensive coordinator. That's the rumor. Oh, I, I guess I'm going to have to make a trip to Houston. <laughs> that is Charles <laughs> Peanut Tillman. Thanks for all your time, buddy. Thanks, Jim. We'll talk yeah, to you man. next week. And uh, we'll continue with Tom and I on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Bears fans, when shopping for your game day celebrations, don't forget to pick up your favorite variety of Lay's potato chips and Tostitos. And Lay's are an essential part of the game day tradition and the official chip of your Chicago Bears. Go Bears. Tom Thayer, we got one segment to go. And I love talking to Charles Peanut Tillman. Yeah, I was always flabbergasted. At first, I always thought he was pulling my leg that he didn't watch football. Never watched it growing up. Played it at a high level. Nobody was more tickled to be drafted by the Bears in round two when he came into the league and developed into, you you could say, the top corner in Bears history. Uh, the numbers will prove that 
the longevity proved that. Uh, just a terrific career. But now he's watching football, and I, I, like you said, you love the coaching points. No, but most of the kids growing up, and when we read their bios uh, and before they get in the NFL, most of these guys are multiple sport players. So they're not just dedicating themselves to only watching football, investing year-round into football. I mean, as soon as football is over, they go on to basketball, they go on to wrestling. And then in the springtime, they're in baseball or they're in track. Right, but I'm so, talking about watching a game on a Sunday, watching football. You did it. But I know, but kids are different, you know, back then. When they're involved in multiple sports, it, that, it's not something, you know, that's that's not what they're dedicated to. Look, when you're an offensive lineman, you don't have a lot of sports <laughs> choices. It's <laughs> offensive line play, it's wrestling, and then it's it's the summertime. Hey, hey you played first base, uh, you know, in baseball. Come on, you were a three-sporter. No, I wasn't. I got struck out early in my career, and I shied away from baseball because of it. Hey. However... Um, but I, I, I think these multiple sports athletes, they're different. They, they spend their time uh, wisely. And we got to say uh, uh, God bless and uh, stay healthy to Ron Rivera. So Stephanie, his wife, and his daughter Courtney both on, on Twitter today, uh, they, they had their final visit, cancer-free for Ron Rivera. So uh, way to go. Prayers up. Continue to stay safe. He was diagnosed with squamous cell cancer back in August, completed the treatment in October, and never missed a game. You know, Ron's an amazing guy. He really is because when he came to the Bears and he was a high draft choice and he had high expectations, but the Bears had a great defense on the field. You know, he was not too big in order. He, he cut his teeth playing special teams. And then he got into the linebacker um rotation you know and then he's grown into the nfl figure that he is today he's really an an unbelievable well-spoken and super intelligent family man that is a real positive for the washington football team all right i brought this up with jim miller but i i frankly was not aware that this was going to happen and maybe you did until today so 310 schools in 35 conferences are going to be playing college football this spring at the FCS, Division II, Division III, NAIA levels. And then they're going to throw New Mexico State in there. They're an independent. They're an FBS team. They're going to start with 17 programs played only one game in the fall. And more than 100 teams will begin the seasons in either February or March. Knock on wood with COVID and whatnot. But the NCAA approved a, a spring playoff. Uh, there's going to be four rounds of playoffs. The national championship will be May 15th in Frisco, Texas. The NAIA also will have conferences offering football. They'll begin their seasons in the same time frame. Uh, how great is that, number one, for these kids? And I wish we had more time with Jim because are some of these kids draftable or not? Or that is that, uh, you know, I don't know how that works, but it's a great, great moment. But how does that affect then? The next season. Well, you, you know, you have a supplemental draft. Let me tell you something about college football. When these college football kids, they go through spring ball, I think you got 40 days to put, get in 30 practices, something like that. I don't know if that's the exact number. But when you go to spring ball, every single practice, Jeff, is live. I mean, it's strap it up, tape it up. You, you get ready to go out there in every single drill, every single period is live. So now you put these guys and you give them games at the end of the race. Rainbow. So now the practices are more constructed like practices. So you're developing ability. You're teaching a system. You're allowing these kids to understand what they weren't able to capitalize on in the fall. So to me, I just think it's it's 
probably a safer way to go through football rather than having 30 practices where if you go out there and you don't have the college recruits coming in, although some kids leave after their senior year to come in early and enter early as a freshman. So I'm glad. I like it because the abuse that you used to go through in spring practices, I think these game opportunities will be more beneficial for their future, for their families, and for their, their own love of the game. Yeah, I think it's great. And, and I tell you, a lot more people will watch uh, because you don't get a chance really to watch these small school players. And uh, with the draft being what it is nowadays, you can find, as we discussed, uh, with the Wisconsin Whitewater gentleman who plays guard and center at the Senior Bowl, uh, there's a lot of great players in there. And also excited about the IHSA. You know, getting players back. I know uh, your brother's uh, heavily involved still in high school football in Joliet. So uh, these kids, and I know Olin Kruitz has been on this too, get them back, get them back, get them playing. Right. You know, the basketball, the kids playing basketball, the kids are going to have an opportunity to get back on the football field. Um, again, because it's, it's bigger than just the individual. Because when my brother and I were playing sports and we had the support of my mom and dad and my family and everything, it was a great, it was a great uh, part of all of our lives. All right. Lastly, we have 30 seconds. Um, another word on Sean Desai. Super smart, very intelligent guy, paid his dues, longest tenured coach of the Bears, your defensive coordinator. I like Sean. I like what the stages of learning he's been through to develop to create this opportunity. He's created this opportunity for himself. He's not being gifted anything. This has nothing to do with nepotism. This is Sean Desai paying his dues, being there every morning in the building at 5 o'clock, preparing all the information he needed for the coaches that he worked with. So, man, I, I am really pulling for him. And earning trust and respect from his players and fellow coaches. That's going to wrap us up this week. Appreciate your time, everybody, for Jim Miller and for Tom Thayer and Charles Peanut Tillman. I'm Jeff Joniak. Chris Ranji coming up next here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Thank you to our producer tonight, Sean Anderson, along with Jordan Treadup and Dan Barilli. Have a great night, everybody. Stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.